Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm Sammy Womack, and I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement, and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. This week, we are going to talk about what to do after you start a budget. Yes. So I kind of feel like this is a little bit of a continuation from last week's episode. If you missed last week, we were talking about the five steps to financial freedom. And we were talking about how actually writing out the budget is a very small step on the journey. So in this week's episode, we're going to dig into a little bit more of what you actually do after you make out that worksheet, right? What do you do after you actually write everything out? And so this is really a lot of kind of what we do with my one-on-one coaching is, yeah, we get the worksheet set up in the first like two calls or so. We really, you know, dig in and actually get the worksheets really set up. We dig into all the numbers And then I feel like it's a 12-week session. So the rest of the session, the last two months or so, we spend the first 15 to 30 minutes of the hour-long calls talking about the numbers. And the rest of the calls are about everything that we're going to talk about today. It's all the other stuff (laughs) outside of the numbers. And this is really the stuff that I am the most passionate about. Don't get me wrong. I love a good spreadsheet. I love busting out the calculator and figuring out all the numbers and planning ahead, but it is all this other stuff. And I feel like there is this disconnect in a lot of the personal finance community from this. I feel like a lot of people, they just want to talk about the numbers. They just want to tell you what you can't buy, what you shouldn't do, (laughs) how to save money, how to make more money when they're skipping all of the other steps that have no numbers actually in them. And I feel like it's these things that really are the make or break. They're really the things that are going to make what you actually wrote in that budget become a reality. And this is what we really have to work on. So these are a lot of things like the mindset, the hard work, the goals, being intentional. You know, those are the, that's the secret sauce, really. That is what actually gets you from, hey, I wrote a budget to, wow, I'm actually living this life of financial freedom. I'm actually cash flowing things. I actually have this job that I love. I actually have money in the bank. Like how do we get from point A to point B? There's a lot in there. And a lot of times there's several years in there. So what do we actually do? Okay, that's what we're going to talk about. So first of all, we're going to talk about doing the hard work. And I love to say the hard work and how this is It really is mindset stuff, but I feel like mindset work and positive thinking gets a bad rap a lot of the times because there has been over the past few years kind of this wave of like toxic positivity, and that is the kind of thought where 
Don't think about anything bad. Just sweep it under the rug. It doesn't exist. Put a smile on your face and you'll feel better. Okay. That's not what we're talking about. Doing the heart work, it's the hard stuff. It's, if you've ever been to therapy, that's what it is. It's like where you know, hey, I've got to journal this out. I've got to cry through this. I've got to talk through this. I've got to work through this and probably turn into a mess of tears and snot and, (laughs) you know, the whole thing. It has to get a little messy first before the result comes out. It's doing that kind of heart work. It's actually, you know, sitting down with your partner, having the hard conversations about like, hey, this isn't working with our money. Like, how can we make our money work? Where are we having the the communication problems? How can we talk through this? How can we work through this? What do we need to do to adapt and adjust and actually make this work? It's doing the hard work of like, hey, do I actually want to live in this house? Where would I rather live? Um, it's it's having those scary conversations with yourself and your partner and with people that you know, trust, love, professionals, you know, wh- whatever the case may be. It's thinking those those scary things and working through them. And a personal example is I remember when we decided that we were going to sell our big house, which if you're not familiar with the story, my parents actually built that house to be their forever house. And then when my dad passed away from cancer, my mom, she tried to keep the house for a while. I think she kept it for like a year or two. And it was just, you know, it was over 3,000 square feet. It was like three acres of land. It was this massive house. And then it was just her. And it was too big. It was too expensive. There was a lot of, you know, memories and emotions. And, and, but then we were also kind of like, well, we love the house and we want to keep it in the family. And so that's where it kind of where Daniel and I took over the house. We moved. My mom was like, okay, you guys are going to raise your kids there. It's going to be okay. We're going to keep it in the family. And it kind of turned into this, like, I felt like the family historian, like I was keeping the museum of our family memories alive. And it really started to come to a head of like, this isn't kind of actually what I really want. And it kind of turned into this doesn't align with my ultimate goals in my life. And that was huge. That was, there was a lot, as you can probably imagine, of heart work and, you know, tears and hard conversations And it was doing that kind of heart work and digging into like, what do I actually want? What does that look like? How do I make that happen? And the next thing on my list is the goals list, is dreaming up the goals. And it seems really easy to just make this goals list, right? And we we say, you know, so many people just say, like, write down your goals. And they just say, like, you're making a Christmas list, like you're writing the letter to Santa. And like, it's just, it's all dreams. And, you know, if it really happens, if Santa really brings me a Barbie dream house and a Power Wheels car, like, cool. I don't have to do any work to get them. I just get to wake up and they're there, Right. I feel like that's how a lot of people like vision envision a goals list, but it's not that. It's actually harder than that because if you were to just write out this 
sloppy wish list, like you're writing a letter to Santa, that's one thing. But when it's a real goals list, when it's a real, I actually plan to achieve these things, it's even scarier. Because you get this moment of, oh my God, what if this actually happens? It's a little terrifying because what if, you know, in our case, what if we do sell this big house, we move into a tiny rent house, we live this small, and we do have all this extra money? It's a scary amount of freedom and it's a scary amount of, I actually... What if I have to actually be that person? I don't know her. Who is me with no debt? You know, who who am I with all that freedom? That's kind of scary. And it sounds silly, but when we really stop and think, it is a lot of those mental mind blocks that are holding us back. Because we're going into uncharted territory. And especially if you are the first person in your family or your friend group to go into this life of debt freedom or, you know, living against the norm, whatever that is, for us, it was just the laundry list of ways that we were living against the norm. Like we already were already like weird homeschoolers. (laughs) Now we're going to be debt free. Now we're also going to be living in a tiny house. Now we're also going to be like all these things that make us super weird and out of the norm and it's kind of uncharted territory and you're like who is that person I don't know her that seems kind of scary this kind of seems like a weird alternate universe um and so it's a little it's a little scary but when you are actually making this goals list you have to envision yourself in this place And I want you to write out things that you actually plan to do at some point. Don't just write, oh, I would, you know, I would love a Barbie dream house, (laughs) you know, just whatever, just whatever comes across your brain. No, like I would like this car and this is how much it's going to cost and this is how I'm actually going to make it happen. This is the year that I could probably afford it. And like, it has to be detailed. It has to have numbers attached to it as far as money values, years, how long it's going to take to get there, what's going to be your next goal after that, and all of these things. And doing this, this is another crucial step, just like doing the hard work. Having this goals list has to happen. You are literally writing out a map of your future. And it's not uncharted territory anymore because you have the map to it. So think about it that way. When the future starts to look a little scary, a little dark, a little like, uh, I don't know, I've never been there before, make a map. Simply draw a map to it. And you're like, okay, I'm going to take it one step at a time. I'm going to, you know, drive five miles and turn left, (laughs) you know, and that's your goals list. It is also things like working through that debt and making a timeline for it. It's a lot like your goals. I feel like your timeline, your debt timeline, your savings timeline, your goals of things that you want to buy or, you know, cash flow or when, when you want to quit your job and switch to this other career, when you want to buy the house, 
it all can be intertwined, okay? This is a lot of what I do with my clients is we really will set up the budget. We'll get you going with like your regular, you know, biweekly budget or monthly budget or whatever you have to do. And then usually around like call three or four, depending on where you are on your, you know, however long it takes, then we'll kind of start to make a timeline. And it's like, okay, well, you have these debts, you have these savings goals, you have these dreams of things that you want to accomplish. How do we line these all up? And so then we kind of go through um, different scenarios of like, well, we'll plug their debt numbers into the easy budget um, debt snowball calculator, which I can link to if you're not familiar with it, but it's amazing. And I love to use it for my clients because the thing that you can do there is you can rearrange your debts and you can say, well, if I pay off the MasterCard first, I'll be debt free August, 2022. If I paid off the Discover card first, well, I would be debt free August. I mean, of July of 2022, like a month earlier, whatever it is. Um, and you can kind of play around with that. And then you can say, you know, actually, if I didn't throw all my extra money at my debt and I saved $200 a month and then paid anything above that towards debt, then where would I be? Okay, actually, that would slow down my timeline by three months. Am I okay with that? You know, and you kind of play around with these different scenarios. And that's what I do with my one-on-one clients. But you could totally do this for yourself as well. Play around with the different numbers, play around with the different timelines and make yourself a timeline that you are excited about. And then you can even take it a step farther. You can keep going outside of just this year. Yeah, if we continue at the same rate, where could we be in three years? Where could we be in five years? Where could we be in 10 years? And make a rough timeline. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you that the timeline is going to change. Life is going to happen, which could be good or bad. Things could slow down. Things could speed up. We had a lot of both. We had a lot of, we got to a goal. And by the time we got there, we were like, you know what? That goal doesn't feel right anymore. Actually, I want to change that. And that's okay. I have dozens and dozens of versions of of goal timelines over the years that have changed. So don't let that stop you from making it in the first place because you're like, well, what if I don't actually stick to it for the next 10 years? Who cares? (laughs) You can rewrite it. It's okay if you have to rewrite it, but at least start it. At least make it. At least go in and do the math and say, yeah, we could be here by this time. That sounds great. Even if by this time next year you go in and you you update it. It's okay. Another thing that you're going to want to do after you really have your budget set up is you're going to start to look for ways that you can improve. And this could be cutting back or spending more. Yeah. How many budgeting coaches have told you that you can actually spend more? That's me. I'm, I'm going to tell you that. Because this is not about a forever life sacrifice. This is not about living in scarcity. This is about abundance. 
This is about living the life that you've always dreamt of. And so, yeah, there might be a season there and that season might be three months. It might be three years. It depends on, you know, your situation, but there might be a season in there where you're like, you know, we order a pizza once a week. That's our treat. That's the only thing that we're doing extra. And we are really going to buckle down we're really going to pay off this debt. We're really going to save. We're really going to, you know, whatever it is. But that is not forever and it should not be forever. That's not healthy and it's not sustainable. So once, yeah, have this like, okay, we're going to do, we're going to hustle for this amount of time until we hit this goal and then things are going to change in whatever way. And I will actually encourage people, you know, the first thing people want to do is say, I don't need any restaurant money. I don't need any fun money. I'm like, okay, well, that's not realistic. <laughs> I don't want you to go crazy, but I want you, you're allowed to have treats because the whole point here is not to make your life miserable. It's for you to actually achieve those 10 year goals. It's for you to actually still be on track in 10 years. It's not for you to get burnt out and quit in six months. That's not what we want because that gets you absolutely nowhere. So I will say, yeah, okay, if you want to like really buckle down for like three months, that's fine. But I'm, you're, I'm gonna, you, you've got to put something in that restaurant budget, like, or you've got to put something in that fun money budget, even if it's only like 20 bucks. I mean, come on. <laughs> we live in the real world. It could be small, but it has to be something. And then I will encourage people to like, all right, you've hit this really big goal. What if we increase your restaurants like another 10 or $20? What if we increase your fun money just a little bit? Because you're supposed to be growing. You're supposed to be on this evolution of becoming a better and better version of yourself and having a better, a better, and a more abundant life as you grow. I'll give you a real life example. I'm going to just like call V out and put her on the spot. But V from V Frugal Fox, she's my best friend and she has done amazing things in her life. She's been through it, man. Like if you don't know her story, she's been through some hard times. And she recently, her and her husband recently became debt free a few months ago. And I have been pushing her to spend more money on herself. And mostly because I love her and she's amazing and, and is a very hard worker and deserves it. But also because I would do the same for anybody. Because when you, you are not supposed to live in scarcity, scorched earth, hustle, gazelle intense, whatever you want to call it, forever. That's not forever. And when you become debt-free or when you hit a really big goal, it's okay to increase your personal spending a little bit. So for her, I've been encouraging her like, you know, hiking is like a huge thing for her and her husband. And I'm like, I remember when she was like going to get new hiking boots and she's like, I can't spend this much money on hiking boots. I'm like, do you love hiking? Does it improve your life? Does it make you become the best version of yourself? Yeah. Okay. Buy the damn boots. Like, come on. It's not that frivolous. It's not like you're going and buying 50 pairs of boots that you're never going to wear. You're buying one pair of quality hiking boots that are going to improve your life. Like there's a difference. That's not frivolous. 
that's investing in your life, that is abundance. That is becoming the best version of yourself. That is becoming the version of yourself that you want to be. All right, that is the difference. And there's been more and more instances of this, like I won't tell you every single thing that she's spending money on herself for, but there's been more and more instances of this. And I see this over and over again with my clients as well. They want to budget new clothes for their kids, but they don't want to spend anything on themselves. You guys, at least a little bit, like, come on, (laughs) we're improving our quality of life. There are other things where it's like, when you get super intentional, you start to realize kind of the other side of that coin where you're like, you know, actually, I don't need this big of a house. Actually, I I want to sell this house and I want to move to something smaller because that doesn't align. That doesn't feel like the best version of myself. And there's there are also instances where the best version of yourself is spending less. And that's something where it's going to be different for every single person, which is the magic of doing one-on-one coaching is where I can actually sit face-to-face with you and know your whole story and be able to tell you this is where you should increase, this is where you should cut back. But you can dig into your own story and start to look and start to realize that it is okay to increase certain areas while simultaneously cutting back in other areas, if that makes sense. There are other things that we also do at this point in our journey where it's like, you know, we've cut back and we can't cut back anymore. Maybe it's time to increase our income. And this is where people start to feel confident enough to go for the raise, go for the promotion, switch careers altogether, maybe take on a side hustle, whatever that looks like for them to grow, to increase the income. And it's not about working yourself to death because that's all like not the goal at all. But sometimes when you've cut back as much as you can, increasing the income is the only way to go. So that's another step to it sometimes. Another thing is I like to encourage people again, and this is kind of one of those, uh, it's a little, there's a very thin line here, but stick with me through this one. I think that there is a time and a place for the gazelle intents, the hustle time, like I just mentioned. But the very thin line of that is it kind of has to become a little bit of a hobby for you. It has to become a little bit of a challenge for you. And this might not always be the case. You might not always be super obsessed with your budget. Even I am like, I do not feel like checking in with this budget. (laughs) And I, it comes to, there's certain times where I'd much rather work on a client budget than my own um, because it's hard and sometimes it gets a little boring and that's okay. But there are different ways to continue to make it interesting to yourself by doing little challenges, by turning it into like a hobby, by incentivizing it somehow where you're like, all right, every morning I'm going to sit down, I'm going to check in with my budget while I drink my coffee. And you're like, okay, coffee will be there (laughs) and I'm going to make it fun. This is how I'm going to make it fun by, um, you know, telling myself, this is my quiet time. This is when I have my coffee. 
and you, you will slowly start to kind of look forward to it. Or it becomes a challenge where you're like, all right, if, if I stick to my grocery budget, I'm going to reward myself with XYZ. And you make it into a challenge. There are also people who do fun challenges like um, they'll do like a no spend challenge for the week or the month. They'll do like a no Amazon challenge for the month. Something like that to kind of incentivize it and make it a little more fun, a little more challenging, a little more interesting. And remember, this is a very thin line between gazelle intent, scorched earth, hustle till you fall on your face. Like that's not the that's not the point, but there are ways that you can make it a little bit more fun. But the most important thing and the last point that I want to share on this topic is that while you are going through this and you already have your budget set up and you're in those couple of years of, all right, we have this budget, like we've already started, but we're not quite to reaping the benefits yet. And there's this period of time in there where that is the make or break it time. And it's hard and it gets boring and you have to continually re-motivate yourself. You have to check back in with your whys. You have to update your timelines. You got to check in with your goals. You've got to continually update those debt numbers to remind yourself that you are making progress. You've got to do these little challenges to get you from month to month sometimes. Those are the hard years. Just there's no sugarcoating it. Those are the hard years. But I want you to remember to give yourself a little bit of grace during these years. And there will be times where you feel like you take one step back, two step for two steps forward, like that whole thing where it feels like as soon as you make progress, something happens. So you make progress again and then something else happens and it will feel like that. And I promise you that you are not alone when you feel like this because it literally happens to every person. It is just life. Life's not picking on you. You're not cursed. You're not jinxed. (laughs) You didn't do anything wrong necessarily. It's just life. So give yourself grace. Remember that I said that literally every single one of my coaching clients experiences the same exact thing and I did as well. And I love this saying from Jen Sincero's You Are a Badass book, where she says, I can't remember word for word the whole story, but instead of beating yourself up and saying, oh, you're such an idiot. Why did you do that? Why did you go over budget? Why did you forget to pay this bill? Why Why did you do that? Why did you do this? And just be really hard on yourself. Remind yourself that you're just a little... You're just a little bunny. And I think she said, just remind yourself, I'm just a little bunny working through my issues. And give yourself that grace and remember, like, you're trying your best. And you're working through some issues. It's going to be hard. Another metaphor I like to think of is, you know, we just got our training wheels off. Anyone ever tried to teach a kid how to ride a bike? They get so confident with their training wheels and they're like, yes, I got it. I figured it out. And they're barreling down the road and they got it. 
and you're like, okay, I think you're ready to take the training wheels off now. And they're like, okay. And they take off and they fall down. And some kids have to fall down like a hundred times before they get it. Other kids, it's like five or 10. And it doesn't matter. The ultimate goal is that you learn how to ride the bike, right? And we realize that falling down is part of it. Falling down is part of it. So we take it slow. We realize like, look, I just got my training wheels off. Like I'm just a little bunny working through my issues. I might fall. I might screw up, but it's going to be okay because I'm learning. And we let the process be slow. We let it be a little bumpy from time to time. We fall down. We get back up because our ultimate goal is to ride that bike without the training wheels, full speed ahead, keep up with our friends, keep up with our siblings. Like we got to go. We got things to do. And so the ultimate goal of getting to ride full speed through the neighborhood with all the other kids is so much more exciting, more exhilarating than the fear of what if I fall? And we have to go back to that feeling. We have to. And we're going to be a little wobbly. We're going to fall. We're going to have some skin knees, probably going to shed a few tears, but you cannot quit. Because guess what? You will get the hang of it eventually. And you will be flying through the neighborhood with all the big kids, going fast, living life. And it won't be hard anymore. It won't be scary anymore. It'll just be, hey, that's me and I ride a bike without training wheels. Because we let ourselves fall. We let ourselves be wobbly. We let ourselves be scared. We learned and we kept going. We got back up through every skin knee, through every tear, and we kept going. And that is the most important of all the things on this list. Remember that you're just a little bunny working through your issues. Okay. So I hope that that was helpful to you wherever you are on your journey. I would love to hear from you about, you know, what this episode meant to you. What phase are you on on your journey? What part has been hard for you? What part has been exciting from you. I would love to hear from you. So pop over into my Facebook community, The Sunny Squad. Let us know on a post. Um, We would love to connect with you over there and cheer you on on your journey. So that is all for me this week. I will talk to you guys next time. Bye guys. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because you never know who needs to hear this message. If you haven't already, please leave a review and subscribe. Reviews and subscribers are what help the podcast grow and what help new ladies find our community. And again, thanks for hitting play on this episode and for investing some time in yourself today. Remember that I'm always here to support you and I'm always cheering you on along the way. Don't forget that everything that we mentioned in this episode will be linked in the show notes. All right, that's all for me this week. Bye, guys.